0: I really have to be clear that it doesn't matter how many people listen to my podcast, but they have to be the right people. Because if I'm going to put all this time and energy into sharing everything, you still want to leverage it. And so you definitely want, okay, if I don't want to be promoting it all the time, it's okay, as long as the right people are on it. So I think it's about just being clear. It's about taking the leap.
1: Welcome to the Become a Media Maven podcast. Today, we are talking to Lisa Prinsick. And Lisa is a messaging and marketing strategist. She is the host of the Scaling Deep podcast that I have been on, and you can find more about her at scalingdeep.com, and you're going to want to find out more about her. This episode is very different from other ones I have done in the past. I totally hijack it and turn it into a personal coaching session, and when I went into this, (laughs) I didn't think I was going to do that and steal 40 minutes of Lisa's precious time but I did. And I think it's going to be very beneficial for you to hear a little behind the scenes. And then you may realize, hey, I need something like that. Let me get in touch with Lisa. That's why I shared her her website with you at the beginning of this podcast instead of usually at the end when we do that. So basically, as you know, I got a lot of things going on. I have Media Maven, my PR agency. I have online courses and programs for people who don't have a budget for an agency or they tell themselves they don't have a budget for an agency. I have Podcast Clout, the database that makes it easy to find podcasts to pitch. And then I'm also dabbling with, I don't want to say building a personal brand because I have that, but maybe adding the fact that I built these businesses as a mom at home, with lots of kids, without feeling mom guilt. Like I wanna throw that into my branding and throw that into what I'm sharing on my online platforms, but I don't know how to do it in a way where there's so many mixed messages for so many different audiences. So that's why I kind of just took this advantage of having Lisa on my podcast to talk about how to scale deep and really niche down to where I'm not hurting the other businesses while building the brand that I want. So with all of that said, I hope you enjoy this interview slash coaching session (laughs) with Lisa Prinsic. Ever wonder how some people seem to get a ton of media coverage and you don't? Welcome to Become a Media Maven, where TV reporter, host, and news contributor Christina Nicholson shares years of media experience to help you get the media attention you and your business deserve. And now, to help you master your
0: media coverage, Christina Nicholson. Thanks for having me.
1: No problem. Okay, I'm excited to chat because your specialty is in marketing and messaging and specifically Scaling Deep, which tell us what that means.
0: So Scaling Deep is uh, my brand of my business. And what it represents to me is this idea that we all want to grow and we're designed that way. We're humans. You know, humans were, as a lot of other species were designed to evolve. And yet we have you know, there's this no limits approach to it. So it's like often very ego driven, right? Like it's like our ego saying like, survive and go out and conquer. But at the same time, we have like really strong core values. And so how do you actually follow your bliss, so to speak, and like get what you want out of life and live your best and accomplish all the things and then still remind yourself of who you are and what matters. (laughs) So to me, it's like trying to solve that, provide a solution that it allows people to experience grow, but then feel really good about it.
1: Okay. Very cool. And we were chatting before I hit record, um, about me and what I do. So I'm just going to selfishly treat this podcast interview as a coaching call. And then everybody can learn from our little coaching conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) Because I was just recently on your podcast and you were saying that When you were introducing me, you're like, well, here's Christina, and she does a lot of things, and I do. Um, It didn't always start out like that. It started out as me having my public relations agency. Then I saw a need in the PR industry for something like podcast clout, and now I am in the very early stages of starting to write a book that's not necessarily about media or podcasts, But it's more my experience of how I built these businesses from home with kids without feeling any mom guilt. So it's not really a business book. Some people may say it's a self-help book because a lot of people are like, you know, making themselves feel guilty for no good reason. And I'm like, stop it. No reason for that. Um, So when it comes to scaling deep, I feel like I'm scaling, but I'm not really Deep in one? No. But I'm scaling. So, well, it like sounds me.
0: like you're excited about a few different things. So, I like the fact that you're kind of following your passion and you're like, whoa, you know, there's, an, and I, and I also, when I introduced you in my podcast, I was like, well, Christina saw a need in the market. And that is really important because a lot of us are just, I have this skill set and I love doing this thing. And there's a million other people doing it. And we still, want to do it and that's harder in a way than to actually find a hole in the market and then fill it and I think that's really smart which you did so I'm not surprised that you've taken a few leaps to get to offer new types of things because you keep seeing holes in the market and that happens a lot when people come from more of a corporate or a traditional or standard and uh, work environment and then they all of a sudden hit the entrepreneurial world like there's a lot of people who have been doctors and you know all kinds of more traditional professions and then they're they're bringing it into the online world and they have a ton of skills and knowledge. So that doesn't surprise me. But at the same time, you know, a lot of it has to do with business model, right? Like I would kind of question, well, sure, there's the thing you do and the impact you make and, and the value you provide, but how do you want to do that? And because you're doing it in so many different ways that are, say, different business models, like the done for you, the mentoring and then the completely like SaAS approach. I would I question how you can run three different things at that they, are all different business models and require different inputs.
1: You know it's funny. I totally forgot about the online course aspects before you just mentioned it. <laughs> 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 um, okay, so let me tell you about the business models. Honestly, when it comes to the online course thing and the mentoring program, I don't spend time promoting that. That's more something that I tell people about when they reach out to me. I'll talk about it if it comes up in conversation. I have a lot of resources and people just kind of get there through the resources, but that's not something that I spend time on proactively. That's something I'm more reactive. With the agency, um, I have a team of people who help me run it. So I'm really not involved in the day-to-day. When it comes to Media Maven, the PR agency, I am more the visionary, and I have an idea of what I want it to look like and where I want it to go, and I have my team who helps execute all of that for me. I am, I I guess the thing that takes up the most of my time day-to-day with the agency is Seeing where all of the current clients are and what's going on with their accounts because I'm copied on all of the emails between clients and team. And other than that, in the day to day, I work with my director of growth on things like contracts and the financial part, you know, making sure the team is paid, making sure the clients are paying. And that's really it. As far as actually doing the executing, I'm not doing that on a day to day basis. Every so often, you know, I'll jump in because you know I have those contacts and those relationships. But that is, I can safely say my director of operations has Media Maven on lockdown. Like she's got it covered yeah. and I am more the visionary.
0: I'm just, what I'm wondering is that you're still seeing a lot of what's going on. And so what is the opportunity cost? So this is the, maybe the question. It's like, what is the opportunity cost of not going all in on growing the agency or going all in on the courses? And because you have two they are both like fairly passive and yes you may be getting lots of word of mouth or you know you've got funnels in place that are really cranking through awesome people and that's fine it's just what could you be doing if you had just one if you had one goal for one of them
1: well let me tell you let me tell you why I kind of stopped focusing my effort on the online course and the mentoring program and why more of it is on medium even the agency because and I think this will be a good learning lesson for people who are listening because when it comes to selling the online course which is 997 or the mentoring program which is five thousand dollars over six months it takes so much work because the person I'm selling to is so different than the agency client and the agency client Pays thousands of dollars each month for six months. So I make a lot more money off of the agency client than I do a online course buyer or a, a mentoring program, which is kind of like the accelerated version of the course for people who aren't familiar. Um, because the, the people who buy into the agency and become clients of my PR agency They understand marketing, they understand the value of PR. They have a budget for marketing. I just need to show them what we do, how we do it, and they're in. For them, I'm having a business conversation. With the people who buy the online course and the media mentoring program, these people are of a completely different mindset. They're scared to spend money in their business. It's almost like having a psychological conversation with these people because I need to work on their money mindset. I need to talk to them about the importance of getting their word out there so people know they exist so then they can get clients and customers. And it is a much harder sell because I'm dealing with with super small or super new business owners. And to be quite honest, after having so many conversations with these people, like the, the people who are saying, Oh, I can't afford that. I'll come to you after I start making money. Or, I mean, I just honest to God, and this may sound bad, but I'm just keeping it real. I didn't have the patience for it. Like I am not a money mindset coach. I am not a business coach. I cannot have this build your business conversation because that's, that's not what I do. I sell PR. I get you in the news. Like, it was just a completely different person, a completely different conversation. And honestly, it took more work to get less money. So that's when I decided I'm not selling this to people anymore. If they want it, I got it. Great. I'm focusing on Media Maven, where it's less work to sell something that brought in more money.
0: Yeah, and it sounds like it's your ideal client. And that's where businesses get more traction and they can scale more easily is when they have mostly the same client that they're trying to target rather than having several different audiences i mean recently i started taking a podcast marketing course and and there's a lot of videos involved and I don't have a lot of time right now. So I haven't been reading all of it, but the one thing that I got out of it right at the beginning was, okay, what's your customer, your, sorry, your listener journey. And I thought, well, who, and then they kind of ask, who's your listener? And I realized that I have I had two different listeners in mind and I thought, Oh, that's interesting. So what am I not doing on my podcast? Because I'm thinking about this set of people and what am I also, you know, not doing because, and not, not like, who am I not meeting their needs that, that are the ideal, ideal client? And, and am I ready to really own that ideal, ideal client? <laughs> and if I am, I need to speak to them. And because they also are not quite newbies, I mean, they're still small businesses, but they're, they have reached a really good level for a solo entrepreneur business and, they need to hear more advanced topics. So I'm like, okay. And then besides, that's also more of a, you know, blue ocean strategy because there are a lot of podcasts talking about all the the basic things, right? And there's more people in that sea, but it's, doesn't, it's not as distinct. So it kind of got me thinking, right? So when you start thinking about who's the actual audience you want to be catering to all the time, it just makes your suite of products more fitting because you're constantly thinking about those people and you're constantly catering to them and all your content does. So that's the only, that's one of the benefits of getting really connected I and mean, offerings can be different in type, but at least having one of those things similar, like the audience is the same.
1: I love that. No, that's really smart. And honestly, I thought that with the online course and the agency, I was like, I'm still promoting the same thing just to a different audience. And, you know, it's like, you're either dealing with the business owners who have a marketing budget who understand, you know, there are no guarantees in PR and they're fine with that. Cause they see the importance very different from the solopreneur audience. Who's like, what's my guarantee? What am I going to get? You know, like the scaredy cat type of person. Mm-hmm. And, and I feel like a lot of the content that I was putting out was to that solopreneur and that small business owner, because when I went off on my own That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to go the online course route. And then through the process of everything that comes along with it, I realized that the agency route would get me further faster. And so that's what I went. But my marketing, it's still similar to what it was when I started. Because again, I'm doing the same thing just for different people. But I do feel like my audience is still very beginner. And that's fine. Cause I put out a lot of content and I share a lot of value and, you know, I get emails and messages from people, um, you know, talking about how they're getting media exposure just from listening and implementing what I'm saying, which is terrific. But at what point do I change it and how do I change it? Like, I feel like this is probably a struggle you see with a lot of people is just not totally changing and doing something different, but the little tweaks, when you're, you have maybe some overlapping things happening, like that is the struggle for me. Do you find that to Mm -hmm. be common?
0: Well, yeah. I mean, I think it's a taking the leap. I almost see it more for myself (laughs) than I, even my clients. I mean, it's more of the, okay, so what am I, what am I really want to sell? And it really, this is again, a business model question. So some people want to go broad. Okay. And I want to go deep. I'd rather go deep with people and be more relational and offer bigger Products, not products, but programs and outcomes, then sell a million little things. I mean, I do have some little things, but they are more kind of fun. And because I do Facebook ads, I like to play with them. And it's like, you know, it's list building and it's it's playful. But it's not like I'm actually expecting to earn, you know, revenue from those little things. They're almost just more leveraged content. But the other thing is really about relationships for me. So, because that's my business model. I'm, I really have to be clear that it doesn't matter how many people listen to my podcast, but they have to be the right people. Because if I'm going to put all this time and energy into sharing everything, which I love doing naturally, it just happens to be something I love doing my podcast is like, I love it. I just wish I'd started it years ago, but I, it's still, you kind of want to think you still want to leverage it. And so you definitely want, okay, if I don't want to be promoting it all the time, it's okay. As long as the right people are on it. So I think it's about just being clear. It's about taking the leap, I think to some extent and taking some risks. So recently I think my episodes have been a little bit more, oh, I don't know if it was sophisticated. I talk about business models a lot, you know, and I, the things that people don't always like to hear about when they're, new to business, you know, when they're new and they're service based and they haven't come from that background. Um, I like a lot of people talk about lighter kind of things or more tactical things. And I'm like, it's not the tactics it's going to make it happen for you. It's the value proposition and the positioning and messaging. And so as I've talked more about that, I've actually had more people who are perhaps my ideal clients coming back and saying, Oh, I like that episode. So I think that's where I've, mentally had to just say, I have to pick a lane and I have to change the content a little bit to what are the topics that the next 10 clients that I want to have want to hear? What would it take to talk about? Like, what would I have to talk about to get them like, whoa, that was a really great way to put that out there. That got me thinking about how I can improve that part of my business. So that kind of just got me excited. And that's what I, I personally thought through.
1: Because personally, when I consume content, I am so over the broad a little bit here, a little bit there. Because, like, you can only hear the same damn thing so many times, right? Like, when it comes to building your Instagram following, just be authentic. Like, it's Mm -hmm. just the same shit everywhere all the time. And I really like the going deep on one thing. Because that is what makes the difference. Is getting super specific on, on certain things. So this is hard to do, Lisa. And you help it is, people and it's very do men- this. It's very
0: mental too. Like it's a very mindset thing. It's really feels risky to say, you know what, I'm all in on this type of person. And the others, but the thing is the others will still come. So this is the one thing that we forget is that I work with a lot of sophisticated, um, newbies, <laughs> like they are new to their business, but they're not they're not going to, they're not going to DIY, you know, and they, have a,
1: they have a mindset. That's a mindset. They have 100%. either
0: life experience, a big career behind them, something that, that they're like, I'm making this happen. I'm all in. Like they kind of know. And and so their approach is very much like I want to learn and apply and implement. And those are still great clients for me. However, if my topics and you know what, they'll get my topics, they'll, they'll get mm-hmm. there's something there. They might say, well, I'm not ready for that yet. But there's something to this, you know, and that's, so that's okay. So I don't, I'm not worried about, you know, the bread and butter, for example, because they are definitely a lot more of my clients that come to me are the seasoned, I don't know if I call it, I haven't even got the term yet, but I'm thinking seasoned newbies, but I'll just.
1: No, I know exactly what you mean. It's like they're driven. Like they know they have to implement to get shit done and they're not like the tire kickers who want to do things, but they don't want to fully commit.
0: Yeah, and they just they just have something good, and they're really excited about it, and they're really ready to go. They don't have mindset challenges like they might have. They might have the like get to a million dollar business mindset challenges, but they're not there yet, so they don't have to. But they have no problem getting to the the first six figure kind of mindset. Like they already have that mindset, and that's so those are great to work with. And they will always I will always work with people like that. But here's the thing: so when I'm up leveling like. When I'm like, no, I can actually help people build a million dollar business plan. Like, I'm really confident that I can do that. And so that will take pitching. That's actually going to be like relationship development. Like, that'll be loom videos to a bunch of people when I come up with my next program, you know. Like, so that's that'll be a different approach. And that is going to work for me because it is a higher leverage, you know, higher program, higher value and it's relational and it's also word of mouthy. Like there's a lot of different benefits that can come from that because that's the business model I want to have right now and some recurring revenue. Like I do some marketing services for people and very custom one-on-one. And so that, that's also there and that maybe could grow someday. But the idea is that I'm, you know, the only kind of people who want ongoing marketing services are, the ones who came from a different professional background and they are like all in and like, I don't know marketing and I don't want to do it. (laughs) I have one client right now who's Mm -hmm. just like, you just lead me, tell me what you need and I will make it happen. And I just run the launch. We make decisions together, but then I, you know, I implement and, and come up with the ways that it'll get done. So that is super fun. But that, again, that is someone who is coming in at a level of very like high, high performer no, even though the business is really new, so yeah. I think those are, you know, I think that's it's about really choosing and and deciding like what is the marketing that supports the business the the business model, and and the and the offers that support the marketing because again you don't want to be marketing to one crowd and then not have anything to sell them. So I think I it's just that. making it easy. Yeah, it's making it easy, right? So in your case, you know, so you've got this is the thing you've got the agency which makes sense and you love it. And then, and it's obviously working really smoothly. You could potentially get out of the day-to-day emails. I would actually highly encourage you to get out of the day-to-day emails. I would
1: love to, but I don't know how to because this is the thing. And honestly, if I got out of the day-to-day emails, I would still know what was going on because I touch base with my director of operations almost daily. She is amazing and she keeps me in the loop with everything. I just, and again, this is probably... You know, I had these fears of like letting go of control. It wasn't necessarily trust. I 100% trust my team. I'm obsessed with them. They're amazing. It's just like, it's my business. It's my name. It's my reputation. I just feel like if I wasn't copied on everything, I would be out of the loop. And I also think the clients, I know some of the clients are happy to see me CC'd on emails as the business owner.
0: Right. But I I I get that. But I think there's still a way around that because I can't see that not being a little bit of like energy. Oh girl, it
1: is when I open my inbox and I see like, and I try to, I try to check my email just twice a day, but I hate it when I open it and there's like 40 things in there and it's all just like back and forth. And I'm like, Oh dear Lord. I mean, I open it up and I read them, but everything, I mean, nine times out of 10, everything is flowing smoothly. I'm in the loop. I see it. It's lovely you know, and I'm just, I guess I'm just afraid of, I don't know if it's like a FOMO thing or what it is. So yeah, guide me on this. How do I get I out think, of the day to email? I think emails? that's
0: something you need to do. And I, I think that comes down to having that, your operations person be a better superstar than you are in some ways. And and I think that or you give something else to your clients, like perhaps you have like a half an hour strategy session with them once a month or something that is just going to maybe make up for it or transition. So in case you're feeling like, oh, they're not going to feel they're they're getting me. I, I just think that it's it's time to level up the quality and the outcomes and really think about how what the brand stands for and have it be a little bit less about you. Because a lot of businesses have are doing that. And of course, everyone starts with one person and that everyone wants to work with personally. But then when the quality is there and the outcomes and the service keep happening, they're not going anywhere else. They're not. So I would just say that it's probably just a mental leap and perhaps a tiny operational step that you can take to to ease out of that. And heck, you could do more bigger things with your clients. You could actually do more consulting with them that is one-on-one and high premium they don't need to get personalized handholding from you (laughs) if they're getting it from someone else.
1: You're totally right. And I have done a much better job like this last year. And I've had multiple conversations with my director of operations and my director of growth because a lot of people, because I'm a big believer in practicing what you preach, I put myself out there. So a lot of people come to me and then I always quickly hand them off to my team Um, because honest to God, my team is better than I am. They are better communicators, as I have mentioned. I'm very impatient. I don't have time for like bullshit conversations. I don't want to make time for bullshit conversations, and my team is just so good at saying things. I don't know. I don't want to say in a nicer way because it's not like I'm mean, but no. <laughs> more I know. Eloquently. But I think what you're
0: saying is that you have the people who are better than you at, at 100%, this A hundred percent. A hundred percent.
1: And I hand I hand the, the the clients off to them, and I let my team know. Look, I don't want to be involved. I want to see what's going on. I I want to know it's amazing. And that's it. Like I trust you guys. This is what I pay you to do. Cause really it defeats the purpose. If you're paying a team to do the work and you keep getting all up in there while they're trying to do their job, like, why am I paying you? I might as well do this myself.
0: So I, uh-huh. yeah, I think, so much better I think you just that. need to flip the switch. Yeah. I just say you need to just do it. <laughs> I yeah. love that expression. I've done it. In my life on different topics, and it's really good. It's really just a mental switch of going, like, this is not like you just have to decide one day that enough's enough, and like it doesn't make any sense. And you could, because you told me in five different ways that it's all going to be great without you being in the day to day. So I think you empower your best people, you know, you pay them well, you entrust them, and then you do touch base with them regularly, but we're talking like once a week. Um, you don't have to start it once a week, you know, you can just get moved towards that, but that would be your goal because I think you need to have a goal on where you want to spend your time. So because you have other goals and that's the other thing, like we haven't even begun to talk about the book or podcast clout, which are all sound like even those might be different audiences and then and how they do
1: you, are. yeah, <laughs> so, and they are, so, you're right. Yeah, for yeah. sure.
0: So you might yeah. need to get out of the agency a hundred percent, like pretty close to hundred percent the day to day, other than the checking in, like the the plan for that. And then right. even looking at the others, like how do those fit together and and how do you what how does one feed the other? And what's the purpose of it? Like those are questions that we could get into, but you at least yeah, have to let and, go of one of the things.
1: Okay. This was really good for Media Maven. Moving to podcast clout. Podcast Clout actually helps. Media Maven execute what we do, you know, by getting, by offering a service where, hey, this makes it super easy for you to find the perfect podcast for you to pitch. So that's how it helps Media Maven. But the people who are, most of the people who are going to purchase subscriptions for Podcast Cloud are going to be PR agencies and PR agency owners because they're going to use this for their clients. Now, people who have podcast booking services, this would be perfect for them. It's also good for, like we were talking about, there's different kind of newbies the newbies with that mindset of execution and success and, you know, doing what it takes that kind of person who wants to make podcast guesting a marketing strategy. It's good for them too. But, somehow, and they know they're
0: all in like, they know and they're, they're all like, in. Exactly. yeah, they're not dabbling trying to like research for like 10, like the amount of research that it took me at the beginning to look for who to pitch. It was like, Oh my gosh. And now it just becomes like, it's just, they just appear <laughs> the right opportunities appear to me.
1: Yeah. it's yeah. It's, it's definitely a struggle for a lot of people. At PR the beginning,
0: agencies. it's like, how? Because no, there's where... a
1: million podcasts. There's I a know. million podcasts, and half a million of them are inactive and no longer record and upload. Like, it's a wild industry. Yeah. Um, so, but similar to Media Maven, I have a team of people helping me sell this to PR agencies. This is another thing where with Media Maven, I started it, I was doing everything myself, slowly grew a team, knowing what I know now. When I created Podcast Cloud and launched it, I knew I didn't want to be involved in the day-to-day. I, again, saw a need for something, created it. I want other people to market and sell it. And that is what, since I mean, it literally just launched, that's what I'm working on building right now is the marketing and sales team. So I can step back and just let that do its thing. So this one is a quicker handoff, but because it just launched, I'm still in it. If that makes sense,
0: yeah, and it's a different business. So really, it is a separate business, so which which is the right thing to do. However, you know, it is challenging to be one person with, especially with three children, <laughs> to to launch one you know, one business and then have another, you know, like, and still have your hands in all of them. Like, it's just a lot. So it's like, how do you make your life more smoothly? Like, like, how big could you go? I mean, obviously, you are a quick start. You have an idea. They're good ideas. You can trust them. You go for it. You know how to implement. You know, I love that because, like, you're kind of like the visionary implementer, which I think is kind of cool because I think I'm one of those two and nobody really has a, has a title for us. <laughs> it's not like we have thousands of ideas. Like, we have these really good ones and then we go for it. But I think that you you still want to you're still potentially not taking things as far as you can go because you kind of got other things to manage.
1: It reminds me of the book, The One Thing.
0: I don't know what book? there's
1: the one. No, not the one thing. I didn't read that one. I read Essentialism.
0: Oh, OK. Which
1: I guess is similar. And it's like focus on one thing and go all in on one thing. And when you do a little bit to a lot of things, you get nowhere. Like that's what I hear you saying a little bit.
0: Better. Yeah, like focus is the F word of entrepreneurship. Someone said that to me
1: <laughs> like, Sometimes it's the other F word. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> but the one that knows you're doing well, the other, the other one, the bad one, is the one that you're not doing so well. But I think it's really key. And that's why I talked about like taking the leap and honing in on your audience and knowing exactly who you need to focus on, at least for one of your businesses. So perhaps in your case, because you have, you have maybe two different businesses. So if you just divide those two, then you're, you can focus on a different audience. But I would get one of those businesses running on its own. And, yep. and then you can grow one at a time intentionally.
1: Okay, love it. And then moving on to the last point, which kind of the book, that's like in such early stages. Um, but it's more so about, I have to this point branded myself as Media maven, like the former TV reporter and anchor used to do the news all day, every day, now teaching you how to get on the news, now getting you on the news with her team. Like all of the content that I put out there, all of the podcast interviews I do, that is what it is. Podcast cloud flows in there nicely because it's still, you know, you're getting in the media by getting on podcasts. So there's overlap there. The, I don't want to say it's a new brand, but the awareness that I am trying to, or will be trying to build now is that I am doing all of this as a mom with three kids at home and not feeling any guilt about it. Because I got to tell you, it (laughs) drives me nuts every time. And oh my God, it happens all the time. These moms talking about, oh, I feel so bad. I'm working and I have kids or they just make up bullshit reasons to feel guilty about like having a job or having a career. And I'm like, what are you feeling guilty for? That's stupid. So I kind of want to speak to, and again, I am like, in case you haven't been able to tell by my tone, I am like not a great self-help person. Like I will, (laughs) I will tell you, just shut up and get over it. Like, come on, move on. However, (laughs) I do want to speak to the fact because I just, I also see lots of moms making excuses. I can't do this. I have kids at home and they're not in school listen, honey, we are all there right now. Okay. Yeah. But like, you can still do it if you stop making excuses and just do what you got to do. And there's no reason to feel guilty about it. Like that's the, the message that I want to add in addition to promoting all the business stuff, I want to share a little behind the scenes and the personal stuff like that. And right, yeah, now- and I think
0: that's valuable. Like that's the okay, story great. that makes it interesting, right? Like, I think that's your your mission or your, your message. but and then also, but I really would decide on who the audience is. like would because i I think a book is a lot of work. And I think it's necessary at some point. Like, I think if you want to build a million dollar plus business or more, you know, you kind of need these assets, right? Like you need these probably really wide awareness assets. And I think that, Something like that is a great idea, but I'd also get really clear um, what you would do with it if you had, if it got, if it took off or it got traction, like, is it, you know, I know people say, well, just have a book and, and that will make you look good. And and I, I I don't know, I haven't dived into that enough personally to really know what I think of that because I can also.
1: Same, same.
0: So I would do some research. Here's the thing. Before you start, since you're in for early phases, you know, you're you're it's gonna it takes a while. I would start to research like a little bit more, like what's the purpose? It's kind of like the podcast. Like this podcast marketing I was doing. I mean, I'm always changing my mind about well, not changing my mind, but my podcast is always like, oh, it gives me this and this and this. And so I know, I kind of know, like I said, I learn a lot from my guests. That was like year one. I was like, whoa, that was great. And then year two was like diving into more of my own like opinions and like, and now it's okay. It's really speaking to the ideal client and and also doing like really relationship development. Like I'm a bit... Like right now with my podcast, I'm a bit like if somebody comes to me with say, Hey, I want to be a guest on your show, I'm like, okay, so how can I get in front of your audience? (laughs) Like, I've just gotten a bit like tough because I'm just like, I'm not just here to promote your business that's kind of similar to mine. I need to leverage that, you know? So I'm, so now it's, so it's, it's serving all these different purposes and it's good for me to know what those are because then I can be more intentional. And, you know, here's another thing that you might want to put in your book. I wrote this uh, Instagram post just today about like five minutes because I came over to my parents and we were the second last people on the ferry and we'd already waited two hours and the next one was another two hours away. And I was like the power of five minutes. Like if we were five minutes earlier, we would have been like on that sailing. No problem. If we were five minutes later, we would have been like waiting another two hours. And it was this whole idea of like, you can accomplish a lot in five minutes. You can make a bold ask. You can do something really a powerful. And I think that's part of it, right? So it's just about thinking about like, what can we do? Like, how can we use, like, we've got all these long thing, big things, like writing a book is a long, big thing. But what can you do? Like, what does purpose does it serve? Because a decision around that an intention around that can make a big difference in how it turns out.
1: Well, let me tell you this, I am not going to write a book without a book deal,
0: because I right. am not
1: going to be one of those people who's like, I'm going to write a book to say I got a book and then I'm going to buy all of my copies on Amazon. So I can say I'm a bestseller because that's what people do. Like I am not interested in like things that look good just to look good. So when I say I'm in the early stages, I mean I'm in the early stages of putting together an outline for a proposal. If I get a book deal, then I'll write the book. If not, I'm not going to write the book because I don't want to have a book just for the sake of having a book.
0: So it is a tool. It's a PR tool for you. And, um, I understand that. But I also understand that even when you get deals, you still have to do a lot of the schlepping. You've got
1: to do it all. Oh, yeah. That's (laughs) like I think I (laughs) had I've done um, a few podcast episodes with guests and they're like, oh, yeah, people want book deals because they think they help you sell it. No, you still got to sell it all.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So so
1: I'm aware. I'm aware of that. I'm prepared for that. If it if it, you know, comes to that down the road. Um, I want to end with a big question. Okay, I'm going to say this is what my son says. I have a really big question for you, so I need a really big answer. Okay, so this is my my big question that you're gonna to need to give me a big answer for. Okay. Okay. So when we talk we've talked about audience a lot, and I know this is like super important. Everybody says like this is number one. Who is my audience? So we've talked about um, the three the three businesses I have, which kind of have three different audiences. One is business owners. One is um, people in PR for podcast clout. And then the other one are working moms or moms with businesses. I have, I'm not creating three different social medias, three different email. I'm not creating three different things to talk to all these people. So when it comes to drilling down my audience and again, for podcast clout, that's really has nothing to do with me. It's just a product to help people in publicity. I'm going to have a marketing and sales team for that. So I'm not really interested in promoting to people in PR from my own personal accounts. So if I've been doing Media Maven to business owners all this time, and I'm going to start sharing more of the behind the scenes mom part of it, do you think, big question, I should commit to niching down to instead of just targeting business owners, targeting moms in
0: business? For... Your personal social brand, like the, like the brand that the kind for of the, everything the that building. I
1: put out on social, all of these podcast interviews, talking to moms in business instead of just business owners in general?
0: Well, I think I think for sure, if that if you think that your your brand it represents that and that's kind of part of your mission, then Absolutely. But I also want to be like, to ask you the question back is a good, powerful question. That's a good question. And it is what, what do you want to sell? Because I really feel like if you can grow the agency that way as well, and if you, you know, what is your goal? Because you don't also want to, if your, if your goal is to grow the agency, then you might want to share more of that stuff. And if your goal is to grow your personal brand as a business leader, and so that you can turn around and sell different things down the road then i would consider more the the niche of moms cuz i think it's always more important to get a niche i really do i really really do okay. think that just business owners can, is a little too generic
1: can i speak to both at the same time or is that is that when it gets to be a cluster
0: well it depends like do you think that you've got a lot of mom kick-ass business owners in your that are in I do I
1: do have yes I do have them they like they are there the mom business owners are here and they're listening and they're engaging but I also have people sending me messages on LinkedIn who become clients who are males in business who see me right and 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 so
0: I think that that's this the is whole, where it gets hard Lisa taking the leap thing <laughs> remember you'll still get them anyway Yeah, this is my point. You'll, you'll still get them anyway. And I have the same thing because I have a few men that I work with. And they're awesome. And at the same time, I'm like, Oh, but if I was to pitch 30 people for my next program, because I say want like six to 10 in the program. I would like there's like two men on that list and I'm like, would I take one if there was like eight women and one guy like or would that just change the dynamic? So I realize that while I don't say it outwardly, I'm probably helping kick ass women who want to build million dollar brands like really, but it doesn't mean that I won't that a man won't work with me. And I have another client, past client who. She uh, coaches on speaking and she has like her whole mission is about getting more women in senior positions and in politics and all that. And she had a client who was a, who was a man who reached out to her privately and she, and it wasn't part of her avatar, but he was like, I really want to work with you and she could charge him what she wanted. Like it it was great. So I don't think that's going to go away, but I think you can reposition and don't forget whatever you, you, like niching is so important, targeting is so important. It just strengthens the more people who will say yes to you. So you will eventually get more more people who are interested if they really get that you're for them. And if you get their situation and if you are their leader. Yeah, I think you need to like, I think it's taking a leap and about realizing that you're not going to say, you're not saying no to everyone, but you're saying a huge come here yes to a certain target market
1: fantastic like that last sentence was everything that is fantastic okay so you have spent the last 40 minutes privately coaching me with others listening in
0: <laughs> that's if awesome. people
1: want to get in on this conversation where can they find you so you can help them with their business model their marketing and their messaging
0: that's so great okay so i am at scalingdeep.com and I would actually just invite people to come over to check out my podcast because if you're interested in this kind of thing, then I talk about this all the time. (laughs) And I have some really great interviews on how to like reposition and target and get laser focused on the big things. Uh, I mean, I will talk about tactics here and there, but I am really, really passionate about getting the foundations sorted out. And it doesn't matter what level you're at. You need to figure out the foundations before you can go to the next level. So yeah, find me at scalingdeep.com forward slash podcast.
1: What's the name of the podcast? Since we're in our app, we can search it real quick.
0: Scaling deep. She keeps
1: it consistent. People would yeah, you I expect know, I anything everything everything. otherwise.
0: Six months ago, my friend, I had this URL that I'd had for years and I'm like, what should I do with this URL? I've had this thing for so long. She's like, just change your whole brand to it. <laughs> I'm like, okay. (laughs) I just literally changed it all. It just kind of came to me in a quick like, that's a good, see, that's the power of five minutes. I was just like, that's a good idea. That makes a lot of sense that obviously it represents what I do and I don't need to have my personal name as my URL and a different name for the podcast. I might as well stand for something. So yeah, it's been a really, it's been really powerful.
1: I love that. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Lisa. This has been amazing.
0: You're welcome. Thanks for having me.
1: Thank you so much for listening. Remember that I am eternally grateful whenever you are not subscribed to this podcast and you tap that subscribe button. And if you have not yet left a rating or review, I would love to see that from you. Thank you so much. Remember, you can always, as every episode, you can always get your information that you need to survive and thrive from the content that you listen to in this podcast in the show notes. So anytime, you can head to becomeamediamaven.com and you can get it all there. Thank you for listening. We will see you again soon for another episode of Become a Media Maven.